We have spent this summer going through the book of Nehemiah together here at Cross Connection Church. The book of Nehemiah is a book of remembrance. At the start of the book, the people of Israel were in a difficult predicament. They found themselves in exile in a land far from their homeland. And they were in the predicament that they were in because they had forgotten the Lord. They had forgotten God, his statutes, and his ordinances. Now, they didn't forget them in the sense of knowing who God was and what God's statutes and laws and ordinances were. They knew the words of the law. In fact, there were probably many people at the time of Nehemiah among the Jewish people who could have probably recounted large portions of the law from memory. They even prior to their exile had kept the feasts of Israel, Passover and Pentecost, tabernacles and so forth. They probably sang the Psalms on the Sabbath day or throughout their weeks. They remembered Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses and David and all the patriarchs. But their lives were not lived in accordance with what they knew to be true from God's word. We all know that we can very easily find ourselves in a very similar situation. We can know what is right. We can know what we ought to do and then not do it at all. So the children of Israel, they had forgotten God. Even though they had been reminded continuously in the law to remember the Lord, we, prior to coming into the book of Deuteronomy, or the book of Nehemiah here over the summer, we've been in the book of Deuteronomy. And there in the book of Deuteronomy, as Moses prepared the children of Israel to go into the promised land, he repeatedly reminds them to remember the Lord, to not forget. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, there he says, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life and teach these things to your children and to your grandchildren. Again, in the same chapter, he goes on again in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23. He says, Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden. He goes on just a couple chapters later in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12. He says, beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And then again, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I could go on and on in the book of Deuteronomy and in other places in the Old Testament where God is reminding the children of Israel that they not forget the Lord or all the good things that he had done or the commandments that he had given to them. The message is quite clear. And I think that God, he reiterates this over and over and over again because God knows that we are, as the old song that Christians have sung for a long time says, we are prone to wander, prone to leave the God that we love. And so he repeatedly reminds his people, do not forget. 
And he does this because we are given to forgetfulness. Israel forgot. The psalmist in Psalm 106, he recounts this very thing. We read there in Psalm 106, verse 7. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your words. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies. They rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, God saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it dried up. And so he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him who hated them, and he redeemed them from the hand of their enemy. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. And then they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. It goes on down in verse 20. Thus they changed the glory into the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their savior who had done great things in Egypt. The great prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon, commenting on Psalm 106, verse 13, he says that they, they seemed in a hurry to get the Lord's mercies out of their memory. That that is sometimes sadly the case for not just the children of Israel, but for us. We, we are very little different in our capacity to forget. How quickly we forget and then we wander in the very same way that Israel did. And this is far too often not even a slow process. It's not something that happens over years or decades. It's something that can happen very quickly. All you have to do is go back and read the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 32, in which you will see that it took a little less than two months for the children of Israel, after they had received the commandments of God recorded there in Exodus chapter 20, it, it took less than two months for them to begin to be dancing around a golden idol. Israel forgot God, and we can find ourselves being rather forgetful of the Lord as well. But the psalmist in that very same psalm that I just read about the children of Israel forgetting the Lord in Psalm 106, the psalmist writes in verse 4 of that passage, Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. O visit me with your salvation. I'm reminded of that totally cheesy song from the 90s that says, I will remember you. Will you remember me? It's, a, it's definitely a cheesy song. But the sad reality is, though we may profess with our mouths our sincere love and devotion to God, we very often find that we live forgetful lives. Thankfully, though, God is not so forgetful. Again, back to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31. There it says, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. And again, in the Psalms, in Psalm 105, he remembers his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations. I am so grateful that our God is not forgetful, though I, we, his people, we often are quite forgetful. We are prone to wander and prone to leave the God that we, we love. So the book of Nehemiah, as I said, is a book of remembrance. The entire time that Israel was exiled in Babylon for nearly a century, they remembered Jerusalem. They remembered their homeland, which is to say that they longingly remembered the blessings and the benefits of being the people of God while they had lived forgetful lives about him. 
and as it relates to his statutes, they had forgotten. And then while they were in bondage as exiles there in Babylon, then they begin to remember the Lord. They had been totally given over to idolatry, but then they come to Babylon and they see the just abundance of idolatry among the Babylonians. And there in the midst of that, as they longingly remembered Jerusalem, their homeland, then they begin to remember the Lord. And they remembered, no doubt, the word that God had spoken to them by Moses. Again, in Deuteronomy, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, nearly a thousand years before they went into exile in Babylon, Moses had given them the law and told them that this is exactly what would happen, that if they turned away from God and they turned away from his statutes, that they would end up in Babylon as exiles. Not Babylon specifically, they would just be uh, exiled from the land. And there in that very passage in Deuteronomy chapter 4, as Moses was preparing them for this, we read these words in Deuteronomy 4 verse 29. But from there, when you are exiled out of the land, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek with him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. When you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God, he will not forsake you nor destroy you nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. Israel remembered as they were there in exile in Babylon, as they were longingly remembering the land that they had come from, the land flowing with milk and honey that was a promised land given to them under the covenant. They remember the Lord and they return to God and they forsook their idols. And God, as he promised that he would do through Moses there in Deuteronomy chapter four, he rescued them out of their bondage and he brought them back to the land of Jerusalem. And the books of Ezra and Nehemiah are the stories of the return and of the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem. It is a record of remembrance of Jerusalem and Israel's restoration of all of that. That's where we get this, this record here. That's how we understand how these things happened in history. And so this is a beautiful story. And truly, I think it is a story of God's grace. If you study the ancient Near East, you study the history of the time period at which the, these stories take place. There are many names of nations and peoples that you will come across. You have people that you find in the Bible, but they're also in secular histories as well. The Hittites and the Hivites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Ammonites, the Girgashites, the Canaanites, lots of different ites. And pretty much all of those people are lost to history. Their lands were conquered. Their cities were destroyed by empires like the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Medes. And they, as a people, are no more. They were lost to history. None of those peoples, after being conquered and relocated to other places and other empires, none of them remained as a people and returned to their homelands to rebuild, save one. The children of Israel returned and rebuilt. And why is that? Now, I suggest there's a whole bunch of different things that could be said in answer to that question. Why is it that the children of Israel were able to return and rebuild? But I suggest that at the very least, it is because the Lord your God is a merciful God. And as Moses foretold in Deuteronomy chapter 4, he will not forsake you nor destroy you. He's not going to forget the covenant that he established with your fathers and that he swore to them. So when the temple in Jerusalem was first constructed at the time of King Solomon, when it was first built and consecrated, the wise King Solomon prayed and 
he offered to God this prayer in 1 Kings, it's recorded chapter 8. There we read this word from Solomon. This is at the establishing of the temple. When the children of Israel sin against you, for there was no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to the land of the enemy far away or near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they are carried away captive and they repent and they make supplication to you in that land of those that took them captive saying, we have sinned and done wrong and have committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all of their hearts, Solomon is recounting the words of Moses from Deuteronomy 4. When they return to you with all of your, their heart and with all of their soul in the land of their enemies who led them away captive and they pray to you toward their land which you gave their fathers, the city which you have chosen and the temple which I have built for your name. Then hear in heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you and all their transgressions which they have transgressed against you and grant them compassion before those who took them captive that they may have compassion on them as well. For they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt, out of the iron furnace, that your eyes may be opened to the supplication of your servant and the supplication of your people Israel to listen to them whenever they call out to you. So there Solomon, as he establishes the temple in Jerusalem, the first temple, he prays God, listen, I, I know that this temple, it's here in Jerusalem and these people are in Jerusalem, but eventually they're going to be led away captive. And when they are led away captive, if they call out to you and they cry out to you, would you hear from heaven and bring them back? And exactly as Moses had said in Deuteronomy 4, exactly as Solomon had said there in 1 Kings 8, that's exactly what happened. From Babylon, as the children of Israel had been exiled there, they cried out to the Lord and they repented of their sin and they prayed and they returned to the Lord with all of their hearts. And God who remembers his covenant and mercies, he heard from heaven. And just as he promised in 2 Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their iniquity and I will heal their land. Our God remembers his covenant and mercy. That is one of those things you might want to write down today. Our God remembers his covenant and mercy. It's so important for us to remember that. Even to those who have forgotten him and who have been failures, God remembers. And this truth about God is something that I think we really love because we want to be remembered. We want to be remembered. I mean, isn't that true? There is something in us that desires to be remembered. Virtually everyone in our culture especially those in the up and coming generation, they want to be recognized and remembered. There was a poll taken in 2019 that found that 75% of children between ages six and 17 say that they want to become a YouTube or social media influencer when they grow up. Now, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a firefighter and an astronaut, a fighter pilot, and then uh, when I was in junior high school, I wanted to be a pyrotechnician, the guy who did all the explosions for movies and set off fireworks, all that sort of stuff. And kind of in that order, firefighter, astronaut, fighter pilot, pyrotechnician. So I went from wanting to put out fires to wanting to blow things up. But, you know, you know how boys can be. 
So that was what I wanted to be when I was a kid. But now, today, YouTuber. It tops nurse, doctor, lawyer, teacher, athlete, rock star, even. People want to be YouTubers. And why is that? Well, a big part of the reason is because we want to be known. We want to be noticed and remembered. People all around us in our culture are clawing for notoriety to be known. And the crazy thing is, in 150 years, virtually no one will remember me. No one will probably remember you in 150 years, which is really hard to imagine because, you know, I don't even really know who my great-grandparents were. I, I remember one of my great-grandparents, but I, I don't know who the rest of them were. And very likely, 150 years from now, we will not be remembered, even by our close descendants two generations from now. And the reason is because we are forgetful. Now, why do I bring all of this up? What does this have to do with the book of Nehemiah? Well, we just spent 13 weeks studying through this 2,500-year-old book about a guy named Nehemiah and all the things that he did. It was written by him, and it was written about him. And we know that it was written by him because nearly 150 times, Nehemiah uses the words I or me in this passage, referring to the things that he did over the 12 plus years that he was the governor there in Jerusalem. He, he says, I, back in chapter one, I was in Shushan. I was the cupbearer to the king. I asked my brothers about the things that were going on in Jerusalem. I prayed to God about the things that they told me. I spoke up to the king. I surveyed the ruins of Jerusalem. I put together a plan to rebuild the wall. I put together the plan to defend the people who were building the wall as the enemies came against them. I, 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 I. This is like the ancient equivalent of a daily vlog or Instagram stories, what we have here in the book of Nehemiah. He is chronicling all the different things that he did. And the amazing thing is, is that here we are 2,500 years later, remembering Nehemiah and all of his exploits. That is some pretty amazing staying power. Nehemiah's story went viral. And you, you could say it's got a lot of likes and a lot of views. If Nehemiah was looking for notoriety, then like, man, huge score. He definitely got it. There's a lot of people who know the name of Nehemiah and know the story about Nehemiah because he recorded this book about all the things that he did. So in, in thinking about that, you know, I kind of wonder, is this book where Nehemiah, you know, 13 chapters of his exploits and all the things that he did more than 150 times. He says, I or me in this book. Is this book just a narcissistic role of all of Nehemiah's amazing things that he did so that countless millions of people after his death would know how awesome he was? I, I think that you could be forgiven for wondering if that is the case. You know, was this just his narcissistic ploy? Though some, in hearing me even propose such a question, you might get a little bit uncomfortable just thinking about that. Now, it is kind of a crazy question. Was this just a narcissistic play on the part of Nehemiah to try to be remembered? But I think that Nehemiah chapter 13 answers that, that weird question. You see, there is a ton that could be said about Nehemiah 13. It's a big chapter. I could spend some time going through every single verse, but 
I'm not going to do that today. Instead, what I'm going to do as we close out our study here in the book of Nehemiah today is I want to zero in on three verses and really just five words that are repeated three times in Nehemiah chapter 13. Nehemiah 13 is the concluding list of the reforms that Nehemiah ushered into Jerusalem during his time as governor. He cleansed the temple and he brought order to the disordered practices of the temple. He reformed the way that people in his day in the city of Jerusalem observed the Sabbath day, which had been a problem before they had been exiled to Babylon. He altered the way that the people lived so that they would be more observant of God's law, including the Sabbath. Nehemiah shook things up culturally. He made the people speak with one language, the language of Judah, the language of Hebrew. And he challenged the people to no longer marry outside of their Jewish lineage. He cleansed all of the places and the, the people of Jerusalem from their pagan practices that they had been given over to in the past. All of these things were among the sins that the children of Israel had been engaged in that caused them to go into exile in Babylon in the first place. So Nehemiah said, we, we've been there, we've done that. We've reaped the consequences of our idolatry, our immorality, of our irreverence, and we're done with that. We're going to cleanse our ways and we're going to focus our hearts back upon the Lord. The, the city is secure, the temple is built, and we need to worship the Lord rightly. And why does Nehemiah record all of these things? What's the purpose of him recording his reforms and, and all the stuff that he records in the previous 13 or 12 chapters of this book? Well, again, three verses, five words that are repeated in this passage. We see first uh, there in Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 14, it says, Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for its services. And then again in Nehemiah 13, verse 22, Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and also spare me according to the greatness of your mercies. And then the very last word of the book, look at Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 31. Remember me, O God, for good. Those are the last words of this 13 chapter book. Remember me, O God, for good. So did Nehemiah record his ancient exploits because of some narcissistic bent in his character that he wanted people to know who he was? No, Nehemiah chapter 13 reveals that Nehemiah recorded this record. Not so that you would remember his name, not so that I would remember his name, but so that God would remember him. Remember me, O God, for good. Nehemiah's final thoughts, his final hope, was not that you would know his name. It was not that you or me would know the great things that he did in and for Jerusalem, but that God would remember him for his faith and his faithfulness. And as I said previously, God remembers his covenant and mercy. And also, God remembers and does not forget his people. Genesis 8 verse 1 says, God remembered Noah. Genesis 19 29 says, God remembered Abraham. When the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt and they cried out to the Lord, this is before he delivered them in the book of Exodus, it says that God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. It makes me wonder, what makes a person memorable to God? 
What makes an individual one of God's unforgettable people? Well, I've already kind of alluded to the answer to that question. You become one of God's unforgettable people by first, your faith, and then second, by your faithfulness. Now, already, and just saying that, that you become one of God's memorable people by your faith and your faithfulness, already there may be some of you that are watching this that have an issue with me even saying that. There are some of you that might think, you know, just leave it at your faith. You become one who is memorable to God by your faith. You may be thinking, you don't need to say faithfulness. You don't need to add faithfulness to the equation. And I understand the, the tension there. I kind of sense it as well. But I just can't get over passages like James chapter 2, uh, verse 20, where we are told that you need to remember that faith without works is dead. Or James chapter 2, verse 26, where it says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So I understand the tension in saying, you know, we become memorable to God by our faith and our faithfulness. I understand that some people have a hard time with that faithfulness side because they want to say it's, it's faith alone. And I totally understand that. I get that. I'm not discounting that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. I'm not minimizing the importance of many people's favorite passage of scripture in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves... It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So some people have a hard time with me throwing faithfulness into the mix because, well, that seems like a work of man. But I, I don't want to miss the reality that faithfulness is important. And the children of Israel's story of being exiled to Babylon is a good example of that. I, I don't at all want to overlook Paul's words in Romans about Abraham being justified by faith apart from the works of the law. That is true. He was right before God. According to his faith, Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him as righteousness. But I also don't want to ignore Jesus's commandment and his commendation of faithful servants in the Gospels and his caution to lazy servants. In Matthew 25, it says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. It is very clear in the scriptures. We are saved holy by grace through faith and that not of ourselves it is a gift of god and also i think it is true that god remembers those who trust in and follow him faithfully in a world that is hyper focused on celebrity notoriety and fame among those that are clawing at being known wanting to be known i want to encourage you today as we close up the book of nehemiah to gain a proper perspective. You may never be known by man. And honestly, it, it matters very little if you are. Your name may never be written in lights, but it is far better to have your name written in God's book in heaven. Jesus said to the woman, or, or said of the woman who worshiped him, anointing him with costly oil in Matthew chapter 26, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. To the thief on the cross next to Jesus as he was crucified, we read, Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me. It's the very same words that Nehemiah says at the end of Nehemiah. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, 
today you will be with me in paradise. In the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Nehemiah, or the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, we read these great words in verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before God for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. That, that's a really interesting thing to think about. As you interact with other people, you connect with other people within the body of Christ, you fellowship with them, and you talk with one another about how good God is and the good things that God has done. God keeps a, a book of remembrance about that, of those who speak of him and meditate upon his name. In the book of Hebrews, it says in chapter 6, verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Sometimes we may feel like we have been forgotten by God. Uh, Israel, they certainly felt that way at times, like God had forgotten them. In fact, I'm reminded uh, back in 2001, right after 9-11 happened, myself and three other guys here from the church, we went to New York City and we were ministering there in New York City with the Red Cross and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And we, one of the things that we did is we were just praying for people on the street. And I remember one day we were kind of in midtown Manhattan, kind of getting close to where Times Square is. And we were just on the street. Um, we had like Bibles available for people and we we're handing out these flyers that said, if you need prayer, you can call this, this you know, toll free number for prayer. And this lady came and she grabbed one and then she walked a few steps away and she came back to where we were with tears in her eyes. And she was a Jewish woman. She talked with us and she said, you know, this, you know, if you need prayer, call this number really hit her hard. And she said, you know, God has forgotten us. I've never forgotten that, that interaction. So here's this Jewish woman saying, God has forgotten us. And so people sometimes think that way. The children of Israel did. The prophet Isaiah, he he knew that there would be people who would think that God had forgotten them. And he records these words, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Think about that. You know, maybe your mom or we have some moms who are watching this. Could you imagine forgetting your nursing child? <laughs> like just completely forgetting your child. You'd say that would never happen. I would never do that. And, and God says, surely a, a nursing you know, uh, a, mom, a mom could maybe forget her child, but I will not forget you. He says, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. So the scriptures make very clear. God remembers his covenant and his mercy. He remembers his people. He remembers those who trust in him and are those who follow him faithfully. And just as there is a record on earth of those who followed God by faith faithfully in Hebrews 11. You can go and read it later this week. Hebrews 11 has what we call the hall of faith. It's just a listing of people who followed God by faith faithfully. Just as there is an earthly book of, that God has recorded of those who follow him faithfully, there is a book of remembrance in heaven for those who continue to do the same today. So as we come to the conclusion of the book of Nehemiah, I want to encourage you and challenge you to be an individual that is memorable to God by your faith and your faithfulness to him. Because ultimately, it is only his opinion that matters in the end. It, it won't matter how many things have been written about you on earth, how many things have been said about you on earth. It will really only matter what the Lord knows about you because your faith and your faithfulness. So it's a great book. I love the book of Nehemiah. 
It's been fun going through it this summer, but it is interesting to see all these things that he recorded, hundreds and hundreds of words, more than 150 times where he says, I did this, I did this. Three times at the end of the book, he says, Lord, I've written this only so that you'd remember. That was his hope at the end of this. He didn't write this for the Jewish people. He didn't write this for us so that we would remember who he was and what he did. He recorded all these things saying, Lord, this is, this is what I did. In spite of all the bad things he may have done in his life, he says, Lord, please forget all of that and remember what I did for your name. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to become the kind of people that are memorable before you because we have trusted in you and because we follow you by faith. And, Lord, would you enable us, quicken us by your Holy Spirit to do that this week, to follow you faithfully, trusting in you. Every single one of us are going to encounter obstacles this next week, challenges as we go through our life. And I pray, God, that you would lead and direct us, that we would hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. And we would trust you, following you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.